Customer advocacy platform MentionMe recently hosted Advocacy Engineered, the world's leading event on the power of customer advocacy. More than 200 senior marketers from brands including Puma, Deliveroo, Charlotte Tilbury, Marks & Spencer, John Lewis, Farfetch and other big names joined us in London to hear from industry experts on how to drive sustainable business growth in the tough times ahead. This podcast series presents the live recordings of each of our speakers on the day. The one you're about to listen to features me, Sophia King, Head of Brand at Mention Me, introducing the Customer Advocacy Gap. The shift in the marketing landscape means that consumers today are more powerful than ever before. As a consumer, that's really exciting to me. But as a marketer, do we know enough about our consumers to really take advantage of this? Or do we just think we know enough about them? To find out, I decided to do a bit of digging. Now, I've only got 10 minutes up on this stage, but by the time I walk off, I promise you'll know two things. One, the most authentic form of advertising most trusted by your target consumers. And two, the biggest opportunity awaiting you right now as a marketer. In collaboration with market research company OnePoll, Mention Me last month commissioned OnePoll to conduct two surveys. One was with consumers, the second was with senior marketers, people like you, responsible for making strategic decisions in their businesses every day. To the 2,000 consumers, we asked questions like, what makes you recommend a brand? What stops you recommending a brand? Why would you buy from a brand again? What are the kind of brands you tell your friends about? To the 500 senior marketers, we asked, what are your most important customer acquisition channels? How often do you think consumers recommend brands in your sector? What repeat purchase tactics do you use? Do they work well? The findings were interesting. And when I say interesting, I mean a little alarming. It turns out there's a pretty big gap between what consumers want and what marketers think they want. A gap that we have coined the customer advocacy gap. As a quick aside here, you all have a copy of this report on your seats or in your bag. So please do have a look through. I'm about all day. So if you have any questions, come and grab me. Or equally, if you have a read on the train home tonight or later in the week, feel free to drop me an email or message me on LinkedIn. I actually wrote the entire report, so believe me when I say there is loads in there. There's everything in there from how to turn your customers into brand advocates, to preferred communication channels, the importance of the customer experience, data management, and loads more. So please do have a read of that and let me know if you have any questions or comments. For now, I'm going to stick to our biggest findings. One of the key questions we asked in the consumer survey was this. Which form of advertising do you most trust? We gave an array of options covering all the key types of advertising that you'd expect to see. The most common answer was a recommendation from a friend or a relative. 40% of consumers trust a recommendation from their friend or family member more than any other type of advertising. That beat out TV ads at 35%, radio or podcast ads at 7%, and out-of-home advertising at 5%. But this isn't reflected in the allocation of marketing budget. 
Just 4% of senior marketers invest most into referral as a marketing channel. That's a majorly missed opportunity. To look at it another way, 96% of senior marketers, that's almost everybody in this room, is overlooking their most effective advertising channel. Or to put it another way, consumers trust referral 10 times more than marketers are investing in it right now. Then at the other end of the scale, we can see the dots reverse. Social media is most invested in by 66% of marketers. But this is the channel trusted least by 30% of consumers. So you can see here there's a real mismatch between what consumers are really interested in and what marketers are doing to try and reach them. At the risk of doing the very thing I'm talking about here and looking at this purely through a marketing lens, I'm going to take a moment to flip things and put myself in the consumer's shoes. I suffer from eczema and recently I had a really bad flare-up. Now, I don't know if there's any fellow eczema sufferers in the audience here today, but if there are, you'll know that when I say bad, it can be bad. I wasn't sleeping, I felt self-conscious, and I was itchy all the time. So whenever I spoke to my friends, it would inevitably come up in conversation. Off the back of that, I received countless recommendations of some really brilliant skincare products and brands. At the same time, I was extensively Googling eczema-related queries. And when I was doing that, I was seeing a lot of paid ads pop up. Same thing when I was on Instagram or on Facebook scrolling through, I would see paid ads for skincare products and brands. But in all honesty, I couldn't tell you a single one of these brands targeting me during that time. Because when it comes to putting something on my skin, I am not taking any risks. I was completely oblivious to these ads and instead, I was really listening to my friends and their recommendations. That same sentiment is echoed here in this research. If we continue to ignore our most important marketing channel, that's referrals from our existing customers, and just keep pouring our hard-earned budget into short-term tactics like paid, ser paid search and paid social, we're really missing a trick. Now, that's not to say we should just turn off our paid media channels. I'm not saying that at all. What I think this really highlights is the importance of diversifying your marketing mix. Better yet, bring all your channels together so they're sharing learnings and data insights about your customers in real time and using that to serve even better experiences that turn more of your customers into advocates. That's something we're already doing with a number of our clients. Some of our really forward-thinking clients are using their first-party referral data to target lookalike audiences on paid social, and they're driving up really high conversion rates. But there's a good chance here that none of this is news to you, because this was not the only gap that our research found. When we asked marketers how important they thought referral was as a marketing channel, 96% said it was important. In fact, 13% said it was its most important channel for acquiring new customers. Now, we're marketers, we're not data scientists, we're not mathematicians. But it's clear that there's a mismatch here. If these are the numbers, then why are only 4% of senior marketers investing most into referral? It raises a really obvious question. Why aren't marketers putting more money into referrals to acquire new customers and drive growth for their business. 
Why are they instead fixating on shorter-term tactics? Now, that's something our CEO, Andy Coburn, is going to talk about more later this morning, so I'm not going to steal his thunder. But what I will say is that my hunch is that many skilled marketers, people like you, know customer advocacy could be a really powerful growth driver for your business. You just might not be quite sure how to harness it yet. In fact, you're sat here today, so hopefully that does imply that you do suspect that unless you've just come to the wrong event. But fingers crossed you're here, you believe customer advocacy is important and you want to know how to really take advantage of it. And if that is you, your gut instinct is right. Nine in 10 consumers recommend brands. Over the past month alone, 59% have recommended at least one. While you can see on this graph here that food and drink brands are most likely to be recommended, you can see that actually across sectors, we've got fitness, finance, fashion, holidays, consumers are recommending brands all the time. Something that's not captured in this graph, but is written about more in the report, which I find particularly interesting, is that it's not always the brands that are shared the most that convert the highest. So our finance, um, finance is a great example. Our financial services clients don't necessarily get shared as often as say a beauty or a fashion brand, but when they do, they're very likely to convert into new customers. So if you're sat here and you're from a brand that's towards the bottom of the graph, don't discount it. Actually, there's a real opportunity awaiting you. But before I walk off this stage, I'd like to leave you with something to think about throughout the course of today and as you return back to your day jobs. If 96% of marketers know customer advocacy is important, it's only a matter of time before they start investing more money into it. So if you keep on doing the same things, resorting to the same tactics, and ignoring that niggling feeling that's saying, this is not sustainable, we cannot keep growing our customer base by doing these same things, you're at real risk of being left behind. On the flip side, if you take the opportunity now to tap into customer advocacy, to really engage with those customers who love your brand enough to tell their friends about it, you could leave your competitors in the dust. So my question to you is this, are you going to be in the shrinking 96% of senior marketers overlooking customer advocacy or the smart, forward-thinking 4% doing something about it? That choice is yours. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to this Advocacy Engineered presentation. To find out more about Mention Me and how our advocacy-first approach could drive growth for your business, visit mention-me.com.